Blog Talk Radio. Round one. Fight, 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 fight. Minions, you have stumbled across the number one internet sports talk show in the world. And welcome aboard to our affiliate radio stations all across this great land of the United States of America. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. You will pay homage to me for the next two hours because I will guide you, guide you and direct you through this crazy world of sports as we do every Saturday morning. Welcome aboard, 917-889-8516 is my digits. We're going to be talking with IndyCar, uh, talking IndyCar with our official IndyCar contributor, Matthew Embry from Popular Open Wheel Now. IndyCar, Peyton, a, a, a Birmingham down in Barber, having some issues with some weather down there. We're getting ever so closer to the Indianapolis 500 in the month of May. Right around the corner, so we're going to be talking about that as well. NASCAR rolls into Richmond for Jenny, and our uh, official NASCAR contributor, uh, and editor, and publisher of Speedway Digest will be calling us from Richmond to give us the breakdown, what's going down down there. Of course, Martin Truex Jr. gets the pole, and of course, uh, Notre Dame on the field. Yeah, here we go. Spring game, blue gold, whatever, get green gold. I'll get it straight. Game today. Uh, NFL schedules are out. Oh, yeah, we got some more talk about the NFL. We also have a big announcement to make here with the balance. The Cavs go down 2-1. I tell you what, it's a day you do not want to miss right here on the Balance Radio Network. We'll be right back. told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. 
Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Tom Mark Russell, Presidente, standing by in the Bell's Green Room is uh, Matthew Embry of uh, Popular Open Room Hour, official IndyCar contributor. But before we get to that, as I mentioned, the balance has a huge announcement, or at least it's a pretty big announcement uh, for us. Uh, we uh, certainly have been growing and growing and growing across the national platforms, across you know just a lot of things that we've been doing, uh, and it became necessary. That uh, yours truly, as awesome as I am, and I'm on loan from God Himself, and I'm able to just stand here all by myself and rule the universe of sports. I decided that it was time for me to add a partner in crime, if you will. And that person has been around the balance for many, many years and certainly has uh, did a lot behind the scenes contributing uh, to the balance. And so it only made sense that we made him our official executive producer. Joining us now with his brand new title, Mr. Executive Producer Rick Wigan. How are you, sir? Hey, pretty good, Tom. Thanks for the promotion. Thank you for the uh, big announcement. Good morning to you, our listeners, and good morning to our streaming partners across the country. Absolutely. And joining us now, we're going to uh, keep you on for just a moment, and then we'll let you get to your stuff, and we'll join back up with you in the second hour. But joining us here also from up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, Matthew Embry. We're going to be talking a, a, a more Notre Dame later on in the show. Matthew is uh, with the official uh, uh, the official 
uh, Notre Dame flagship station, I'll get it right, 96.1 FM, WSBT. It is the Blue and Gold game up there, the 89th game, Blue and Gold. And, Rick, I know you're a huge Notre Dame fan. Uh, and, uh, Matthew, you're up there as well. Let's talk a little bit about that big game before we jump into some IndyCar talk. Matthew, how are you, sir? Big day, obviously, certainly, uh, considering uh, the situation right now, loaded schedule this year, questions about quarterback, whether or not Brandon Wimbush should be the starter or they should move ahead with even Ian Book. And then, obviously, you got another talented freshman uh, coming in. But uh, I think right now the big mind that's on my mind right now is looking ahead. And uh, just like Evan Sharpley said on uh, Sean and Sharpley yesterday on 96.1, uh, the big thing about this game is you get everyone through okay, everyone does, goes through, everyone stays healthy and all that stuff. I mean, it's just like kind of the thinking when you have professionals at all-star games. You don't want to see anyone get hurt. I mean, but uh, I don't think anyone should overlook this game or overthink this game. I mean, if Book has a big day or if Wimbush has a disappointing day, I don't think that necessitates a change because we've seen uh, multiple stars do it before in the blue and gold game, and they haven't done it when it really counts during the regular season. So, if, yeah, there's a discrepancy there, I think the fans, you know, Notre Dame Nation needs to take with a great assault a little bit right now. And just keep in mind, uh, the real uh, imprint uh, doesn't really happen until we get into early September. Uh, Rick, uh, and, and I know Matt, a little bit of it cut off in my ears, but hopefully, Rick, I hope you heard all of it. But what are your thoughts on the 89th uh, game of the, of the uh, Notre Dame pre-spring uh, game, uh, sir? Uh, hey, good morning, Matt, and I'm super jealous that you're up there in South Bend right now because uh, that's one of my favorite places in the world to be. Uh, my family and I went to the spring game a couple of years ago. I've been to several Irish games. Uh, there's nothing like Notre Dame Stadium, nothing like the campus at Notre Dame. Uh, but what I'm interested in seeing, because I know we're not going to take anything away from the, the spring game because it's really half speed. They don't really run a lot of blitzing plays anyway for uh, you know defense. Something really full speed. Only half the playbook is open, if even that. Uh, so you're not going to take anything away from Wimbush or uh, Ian Book. But I'm interested in seeing uh, Phil Jerkovec, and I'm also interested in seeing who's going to replace Josh Adams this year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's obviously a key. I mean, the thing right now is, I mean, you've got multiple options at the running back spot. Obviously, uh, Deion McIntosh. I'd like to see them play a little more Dexter Williams. Of course, Dexter Williams, uh, little did we know last year, was never 100%. Uh, we thought that we were wondering why he was on the bench so much. But I think they got two decent options at running back. I think the big question in my mind, though, Rick, is what they're going to do on that right side with the blindside protectors. I mean, you don't have Quentin Nelson coming back. You don't have Mike McGlinchey, two guys that possibly could go in the top ten of the NFL draft coming up this upcoming week. So uh, the big question in my mind is uh, blindside protection uh, coming ahead because that's going to be a key spot. Uh, you may not have the you know talents of McGlinchey and Nelson right away, but according to – and keep in mind also you have a brand-new offensive line coach with uh, Harry Heastan going to the Chicago Bears, so I'll be very curious to see how uh, that works in and if they are the same effectiveness because that's uh, one of the keys uh, with as tough a schedule they play. The line play has got to be solid. Uh, especially the way that Brian Kelly wants to spread the football around the field. Uh, I have one more question. Uh, and, uh, one more question, oh. Tom. Uh, what do you feel, the, if any at all, the drop-off in the defense will be with Mike Elko head for A&M and Clark Lee coming in and taking over? Considering that the same defensive philosophy is in play, hopefully 
I mean, Clark Lee, based on what I've talked to, I've talked to uh, IndieInsider.com, Eric Hansen with the South Bend Tribune, and he seems to think that things are not too much on the change side. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing that Elko left after one season, but I think some most of the philosophies, if you go by what Eric's been telling me, uh, have been unchanged. So if you go by that, of course, uh, you'd lost a few players there. Obviously, if you want to keep the same pass rush, that's going to be one key with uh, who you've got there on the front four and the front seven. But I think the big thing, though, as always, last several years is going to be just how well the secondary plays because that's been a big weakness uh, with uh, Notre Dame over the last few years is teams going over the top of them and taking advantage of a secondary. It's not saying that they overlooked that position, but it just seems like over the years that's been a spot where Notre Dame has had some weakness, uh, that back four. And uh, I think right now if you look ahead to you know September, that's the one position once again where Notre Dame's defense uh, is a, a question mark. Matthew, uh, real quickly, and then we'll let uh, Rick uh, uh, get on about his uh, show duties, if you will, and then we'll join back up with him in the second hour. Uh, You know, here's the thing about Notre Dame, and I like Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Notre Dame hater. But my thing is what we've seen over the last couple years is a roller coaster ride with the Irish and Coach Kelly. Uh, Last year, obviously, he earned his forgiveness, no pun intended. The year before that, he was ready to uh, be sent to the lake of fire. Again, no pun intended. Uh, The year before that, so, you know, so the thing about it is, what kind of year are we going to have this year? And uh, quite frankly, what does the fans expect from Notre Dame this year? Uh, you know what the fans are expecting. They're expecting a college football playoff qualification, which I still think is unrealistic. I mean, even though, yes, the majority of their tougher games are at home, you still have to go to Los Angeles to close out at USC, which always is a tough challenge. And, I mean, yeah, but look, I mean, they've got Florida State at home. They've got Stanford. I mean, they got a loaded schedule. Uh, I think right now, if you run maybe, you know, 9-3, and 8-4, and four, I'd say that's manageable. But keep in mind, I think you need to just think about striking out what happened two years ago because they were rashed by injuries, uh, never had a consistent lineup on the offensive or defensive side of the ball because of that, and they never got a chemistry. And that's how they ended up losing to teams like Duke at home, et cetera, uh, they just never had that consistency, and, I mean, they were the walking wounded all from pillar to post that season. So if they could keep some kind of control, uh, there's no reason why they cannot be, you know, eight-win, nine-win team. I mean, obviously the fans are hoping for more than that, obviously, be me being a fan as well. But you got to look at realistically uh, with the a killer schedule that they have every year, and that's something that is not going to change uh, at Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to continue to have problems like getting to that 10-win mark. Rick, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, with the schedule, uh, you know, the schedule looks daunting. It really does. You know, you start with Michigan, you have Florida State. Uh, but the one thing I will say, it is uh, it looks very winnable because we don't know what type of Michigan team we're going to have this year under Jim Harbaugh. He's kind of been the fourth to sixth best team in the Big Ten every year. And also uh, – Florida State, DeAndre Francois, their their quarterback, he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, we're going to have USC with no Sam Darnold. Uh, so, really, you know, your teams are going to give you problems or Navy, uh, Stanford, yeah, obviously. But some of these teams are going to have the next man up. Kind of like Notre Dame plays year to year. Uh, you lose a guy to draft or whatever it is, and then the next guy steps up. But I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, I don't see anything that scares the crap out of me this coming season because – you know, Florida State, Michigan, uh, USC, they're all losing their uh, their top talent. 
Okay, Rick, we really appreciate it. Go ahead, we'll let you comment, Matt. But we really appreciate it, Rick. We're gonna uh, let you uh, go about what you gotta do. We'll join it back up with you in the second hour, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but go ahead, uh, Matthew. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the thing is, though, Notre Dame's had the same loss. Like I said, the offensive line uh, question marks are on that, and obviously no Josh Adams. Uh, and I mean, they did lose a few pieces on the defensive side of the ball, too. So, I mean, every team, this is the way college football is because of the four years and all that stuff and players leave it early. Is You're always going to have unknowns practically every season. So the question is, who's going to take care of those? And I think, uh, of course, with Notre Dame, unlike some of these other schools that have like an FCS opponent or, a, you know, a team for the Sun Belt or the back to open up their schedule or Conference USA, Notre Dame is thrown right into the rigor right now with Michigan, and let's face it, for those two teams, uh, that is a make-or-break win. I mean, game. I mean, if they win, they're in a good position. If they lose, they're already on the back foot, looking possibly for you know Big Ten championships, playoffs, all that stuff. So, I mean, it's a make-or-break game, and unfortunately, it happens right off the bat when most other teams that don't have uh, that kind of panic mode situation, especially at the start of the year. Absolutely. We'll certainly be talking more about Notre Dame later on in the show. Uh, but, uh, Matthew, you're also our official IndyCar contributor from uh, at Popular Open Wheel Now. IndyCar uh, coming back from the West Coast to Alabama. Bama, probably one of the nicest road courses that we run uh, with IndyCar. Certainly weather was an issue. Joseph Newgarden uh, seems to be pretty fast out there this week. Uh, take us around the track at Motor uh, Barber Motorsports Park in Birmingham. Alabama. Penske's up there near the top. Andretti Osborne, I figured they would be. Obviously, Rossi's not at the top, dominated like he was at Long Beach, but he's certainly within the realm of possibility. Marco Andretti's having a good weekend so far. Obviously, you know, Marco Nation's got to be through with that. Uh, the one question mark, though, I've got is uh, where's Schmidt Peterson right now? Uh, Wickens was 15th. Uh, James Hitchcliffe was 18th in the last practice session. So, uh, for a team that dominated the proceedings, at least in qualifying both the first three rounds, uh, this team is uh, on the uh, missing in action list right now. So I think right now the one question mark, especially with Indy getting closer, is is Schmidt-Peterson uh, started trending in the wrong direction where they look like potentially a contender for Indy. Now uh, that's starting to become a little bit of concern now with you know some of these other teams. I mean, you had situations where we thought Robert Wickens was the shoot for Indy 500 Rookie of the Year. Hedgecliff had a chance, possibly with another poll. All of a sudden now, Tom, uh, that's questionable. I mean, you had Zach Beach with a good run last week for Andretti Autosport. And uh, then you have all the other Honda possibilities out there with Scott Dixon, uh, Ed Jones, et cetera, and then all the Andretti cars. Uh, Schmidt Pierce, all of a sudden, they get lost to someone. I mean, even Dale Coy could jump up at this point. Well, absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about the complexness of this road course. And as we know, uh, road, you've got road courses, which is different than street courses, which is different than oval. Uh, but road courses uh, certainly uh, prepare, uh, have certain challenges for IndyCar teams. What specific challenges does uh, Barber Motorsports Park uh, give to IndyCar teams? Well, the key at Barber's simple. You've got to get off a turn three well because there is only one real realistic place where you could overtake it. That's the Charlotte Webb hair pair at turn five. You've got to be able to get off a turn three well, get on a run, use your push to pass effectively at that section of the track because the other places on the layout are so narrow that 
I mean, we saw last couple of years ago Graham Rahal try at that triple uh, chicane, and he went off the road uh, with a damaged front wing, and it cost him a chance to win the race. So uh, if you cannot get off a three effectively and set yourself up for passing that Charlotte's Web hairpin, uh, you're going to have a very long day at Barber, and you may be as well be stuck uh, where you are as far as in the field because uh, – Unless you can make up ground there, uh, if you don't have a good grid position, it's going to be a long day unless you could get some flunky strategy with, you know, uh, with the yellows to play, go in your corner. Uh, you're not going to be effective if you cannot get through three and get a run uh, to that uh, one major passing spot. You know, we saw Alexander Rossi pick up a win out there in Long Beach. Uh, like Alexander Rossi, like him in IndyCar. Uh, I'm just curious, though, if – do you think that he's a Formula One type driver? As we look at uh, him in, in 2017, his early performances in 2018, I feel like you know he has uh, the race ability has proved so much that he's already uh, being in the conversation, if you will, as one of the best drivers in the series. I wonder how he would fare in F1 today. Depends on what ride would he get. If he got a ride with Mercedes and Ferrari, I'd say yes. But if he's got to get a ride with, you know, Salva or one of these lowly teams, I'd say no. It, it, it depends. It, the, the thing with Formula One, Tom, is it depends on which car you get and which te- constructor you're with. Because if you're, you know, with a backpack constructor, it doesn't matter how good a driver you are, you're not going to be able to overcome, you know, the limitations of the car. So... Ultimately, I mean, unless he somehow got a ride with Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, any of those teams, uh, he'd be marred in the mid-packs. I mean, it's more about there about what car and what engine power unit you have as opposed to how good a driver you are. And It's tough for me to say that, but unfortunately, that's the way Formula One has been for multiple decades. It's more about the car, the constructor, than it is the driver. The only time when the driver comes into play is if you have a situation where you've got a one strong team and you've got two talented drivers. That's when the driving talent factor comes into play. You know, I was uh, going back to Long Beach, and we'll talk with you a little bit about uh, this uh, issue with Sebastian Bourdais in the past at Long Beach, and, the, and Dixon definitely moved over on him, I think. And if you if you go back and you listen to the recordings, Dixon's right wheels were on the on the lane strip as Bourdais came right alongside him. If I can explain this right, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Dixon moves over to overtake uh, the car on his left, pushing Bar, uh, Bourdais wide. Dixon's left wheels end up in the lane strip. Bourdais had nowhere to go. Bourdais, I'm sorry, had nowhere to go. If we were to call this in the cart days, if you will, uh, they would have taken back Zendari's pass uh, back at the back of the court school, if you will. I'm just trying to understand the logic here. Well, the thing is, there is out of bounds line track limits. So that's why Dixon pushed him over there because he knew that is no man's land over there, and that's why he moved him over there to defend the track limits. I mean, that's clearly in the rule book. It's not a popular rule, but again, that is the situation there. And who knows what would have happened? Say there was a car actually the pit laid off of that scheduled stop. What might have happened there had Bourdais gone there and there was someone there? I mean, we could have had a catastrophe like the crack up that Joe DeFerrin had when he smashed into Walter Salas during qualifying in uh, 1998. So uh, there's a track limits rule for reasons. It's not a popular rule. But, again, think of what might have happened had their car been there and Bordea touched that pass. I mean, we could have had an absolute catastrophe there at every turn one. 
Well, sure, I'll give you that. Long Beach was a fantastic event. And before we get back all over to uh, Birmingham, uh, you know, certainly kudos to Alexander Rossi for completely dominating the race. You see a guy like that, and you wonder how he could ever lose a race. Uh, but here's my question is, what the heck is up with closed pits? Can we just get that ab- abolished? Uh, can we get that rule abolished? I don't know that it's for safety. Uh, we were robbed of a closer race because of what seemed like a, just a basic uh, retu- uh, routine uh Yellow, if you will, with closed pits. I don't think it's for safety, is it? Uh, Bordea and Dixon completely got screwed on that. Well, the thing with the pit is it's clear. It's just like in NASCAR. Once the yellow flag comes out, the pit's closed. And I think it's a very simple rule. The yellow flag came out, the pit's closed. They didn't get there in time. Uh, That's simple rule there. I mean, it's a tough rule, but the thing is, You've got to be able to time it. Timing's got to be perfect. And when they call the yellow again, they call the yellow. And I've looked at the videos. It is crystal clear. Neither of those guys got back to the box. Now, Bordet self-administered a penalty during the pits by coming back. The rule is if you enter a closed pit for emergency service, et cetera, you must honor that by coming back into the pit lane. Dixon didn't abide by that, and that's why I got the drive-through. Uh, again, when you are cutting it very close like that, you better be absolutely sure that you get in there in time because it is a snap judgment and the penalties are significant. And, and for Dixon, they certainly were. Of course, though, at the same time, uh, I guess it's eye for an eye because, remember, some of the people, though, for Dixon's or on board A's campus say, well, that was a makeup call for perhaps Dixon cutting in on board A. So take it with a grain of salt the way you want to, but uh, – uh, the fact of the matter is I've looked at the tape multiple times and I think it's clear to me that they did not get in before that uh, yellow flag was called for the pits closed. I mean, that's the way it is in the IndyCar, and that's the way it's been in NASCAR for several years, and you need to understand that rule, and uh, you can't just cheat the rules. That rule's been in play for years. Uh, you better be absolutely sure you get in there, otherwise uh, you are risking a penalty, and I think I've looked at the video, and it's clear to me that the yellow was called for before they entered that pit lane or the pit commitment line, and therefore that's a penalty. Talking with Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor for Popular Open Wheel Now. Uh, Certainly uh, IndyCar is in Birmingham at Barber Motorsports Park. You know, I like Robert Wickens a lot. I think he's been doing great stuff. Really unfortunate to see him sidelined in practice yesterday. I guess he had some uh, uh, water leaks. Obviously, if there's no water in the engine, uh, it's going to overheat. Uh, so uh, does, uh, has uh, Schmidt-Peterson got this issue resolved? How much, how, how much in play is this issue going to be on Sunday? I, well, I think the bigger today. issue for them right now is the element of surprise is gone. After the first two rounds, they came in and they were playing with house money the first two rounds because no one made major expectations for them. Now they are one of the marked teams and the target is on their back. And I'm starting to wonder if they're starting to buckle because of that because Hinchcliffe had his problems yesterday. Wickens had his problems with pace even before the leaking of the engine leak and the water leaks, etc. So I'm starting to wonder if the pressure is getting to them and they're starting to buckle. I think that's the more possible reason for what's going on with them the last couple rounds not necessarily uh you know just bad luck etc they the pressure is on them now because they are now a team that is one of the top teams now at least based on if you go by the first two races and that has a burden of pressure and expectation and now they're not covering it 
Ed, are you, are, you, are you there, Matt? Yeah, I'm still here. It kind of sound like we, we dropped off on you there. Uh, real quickly, before we got to wrap it up and put a bow on it, uh, let me ask you this. Portland, it looks like ticket sales are uh, going out pretty big. Uh, what are our thoughts on the Portland race? That's a race that was long overdue. I was very disappointed last year when it was not added to the schedule. In fact, I was very outspoken. That was a signature event for the sport just as much as Road America was. You knew they were going to sell well when they got in there, so – the fact, uh, in my mind, is as far as Portland is what took them so long to put it on the schedule. That's how I look at it, and uh, I think that's going to be a very interesting event. It's always produced some wild finishes in its history, including a three-way finish to the line in 1997 that Mark Blundell won over uh, Dilda Perrin and, uh, and Raul Boisel. So you look ahead to that, uh, the possibilities are there for an exciting event. You know, speaking of excited, we are just right around the corner before the month of May. Obviously, uh, we've got the Indianapolis Grand Prix, and then we've got the Indianapolis 500. Two big races. Fans get excited about the upcoming uh, Indianapolis 500. Well, obviously, I think the focus right now, Team Penske looks like the favorite in the IndyCar Grand Prix. The question, again, though, and I hate saying it, is whether or not Chevrolet's gained a little bit on Honda or not. If they have, then I think we got a competitive chase where you got teams like maybe Tony Kadav with AJ Foyt Racing, maybe uh, Petsky Challenge. But if uh, the torsion power thing becomes a factor again, and the edge of reliability is a little more raggled uh, as opposed to last year for Honda, uh, we could see a situation where Andretti Osborne was their fourth uh, Indy 500 in the past six years because. Not only do they have the strength of numbers, they have the strength as far as competitive drivers. I mean, Rossi certainly has capability of winning. Ryan Hunter Ray has a good chance. Even though they don't have Takuma Sato back in the fold, uh, you never know with who they've got left by there. Even Marco could be a challenger if he's willing to be more aggressive. Uh, The pieces are there, and even a Carlos Munoz in a one-off could challenge. So you look at those possibilities, and then uh, Ganassi, you know, Scott Dixon, I'm sure, is chopping at the bit after, you know, bad luck with the Howard crash, denied him a chance to win the race when he had supposedly the fastest car in the field. So there's going to be a lot of eager people. But I think right now, if you're having to pick a favorite for Indy, you got to go with the handicap right now unless something happens where Chevrolet shows a little more power and a little more muscle than they have the last couple of years. Yeah, I know it's going to be very exciting. I know you and I will both uh, be there. Uh, real quickly, though, uh, any final thoughts on um, Barber Motorsports Park in Birmingham? I don't know why I'm having such a hard time saying that today. Uh, any final thoughts on that race before we have to wrap it up and put a bow on it? If you, could, if you can't get the Firestone Fast 6, I think you've got a problem. Uh, the top qualifiers, I think, are going to come from there, the top contenders for the victory. And I think it's going to be another battle between Penske and Andretti and Maybe Penske wins at this time. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Matthew Embry, uh, the at Popular Open Wheel now. I know that you're up there in South Bend uh, at the uh, flagship station uh, for the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish Spring Game as well. Any final thoughts or words of wisdom? Where can people find your uh, uh, masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y on Twitter. That's the way to follow me. Uh, very interesting things uh, were going on with that. And then obviously, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, tweeted, uh, we're two losses away from, I think, the overdue firing of Tyron Lewis, the head coach of the Cavaliers. Uh, 
yeah, even though it's not necessarily his fault, the fact is someone's got to take the fall. And uh, people have been saying that Lou needs to go bye-bye all year long. And uh, if they fall out in the first round of Indiana, I think uh, the Cavaliers are going to be looking for a brand-new head coach. Well, absolutely. We'll see what happens there. I'll tell you what, if uh, Indianapolis manages uh, to pull off a home uh, court win, if you will, again, and go back to Cleveland and Cleveland down, oh, my goodness, the world's going to shake in the NBA. So we'll see what happens. We're going to be talking about that very uh, series uh, later on in the show. Matthew Embry from Popular Open Wheel Now. Thank you for joining us, sir. Uh, We'll talk with you soon. Anytime, Tom, and for those of you listening in South Bend, keep in mind our Blue Gold coverage starts at noon with Darren Pritchett, Stan Stiers, and Eric Hansen. Kickoff will be at 12.30. For those of you outside the South Bend area, you can listen to our feed at und.com or on SiriusXM. I don't remember what the channel is for Notre Dame, but it will be on that channel on the SiriusXM uh, network. Sounds good, Matthew. You have yourself a great day. Go Irish! Go Irish indeed. Anytime, Tom. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Car insurance can be confusing, like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine.
Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Thank you to Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, jumping on, uh, talking not only IndyCar, but a little bit of the uh, spring game as well. We're standing by for uh, uh, Steve Wilson. I know he is at Richmond. He wants to call us from Richmond. He is in a media event right now, uh, so he is going to try to jump on with us uh, sometime here during this next segment. Uh, But you know what? The great thing about it, we made a huge announcement uh, at the beginning of the show, the top of the show that uh, even God needs help every now and then. And, you know, as much as I like to think that I am the greatest go-to person and, you know, I'm on loan from God and all of that stuff and I'm the most talented uh, sports talk guy out there, uh, I need help. So I got myself a wingman. Obviously, Rick Riggin has been around the show for many years, uh, certainly uh, contributed a lot to the show and has always been a partner in crime. We just wanted to make it official, make it public. Uh, So... uh, and, and he's got a, a few additional responsibilities, but we gave him a microphone. And let me tell you this, Rick, you sound good with the microphone, buddy. <laughs> I sound good all the time. And, uh, you know, that's entirely too much <laughs> praise. And uh, saying you're on loan from God, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty big statement there, <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> you know, well, you know, you know it's, it's a hard job. Not everybody can be all up in this awesomeness as, as I am, but, hey, you know. A lot of beer and red meat does that for you. You know, people try to be like me, but uh, they end up being like Mike instead of like me. So I'm just saying. <laughs> so did you get a did you get a chance to to check out the Pacers and the Cavs? I did. Uh, I was actually at uh, wife and I. My wife and I were at one of our favorite establishments. And here's a plug for Buffalo Wild Wings last night and watched oh, the yeah. entire game yeah. from there. So. Uh, what I don't like about the Pacers right now, I hate how they get down really big early. They have terrible starts, terrible first halves, and then they're fighting the whole second half. And, and I'm worried later in the series, that tires out players. And if the series drags out to six or seven games, then how's that going to like play a role when they're having to come back from behind in so many games? You know, you know what I mean? It just wears teams out to have to do that. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, and and, and I I know I'm going to play the Pacer Homer hat here for a moment, but the the thing about it is some of their struggles are I think related directly to the officiating. And I go back to uh, game number two where Olin Depot was. I thought some crazy fouls were 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 called. Of course, whenever you're LeBron, uh, you're not going to get calls. There's obviously clearly a uh, uh, a flagrant foul, we'll call it, uh, against Len Stevenson in game number two. I think the NBA likes to have the the idea of the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. And I know that sounds like, hey, you're just being a, a pacer homer. But no, let's just look at it. Uh, big guys 
you know, like Shaq and LeBron and Michael, they don't get the calls. Now, I know you're going to say, well, Reggie Miller was uh, the king of theatric, and he flopped around on the floor like a dead fish and never got any calls. So, yeah, I get it, but I just think sometimes that we – and I'll go into the uh, conspiracy theory, if you will. I think the NBA benefits much more by the Cavaliers advancing than they would with the Pacers. Uh, you're absolutely right there. It, you know, if it's not going to be the Cavs and Golden State in the finals this year, uh, I think that's great overall for the NBA, but I think it's a disaster for the business side of things because, you know, ratings eh, for all this stuff is just one big giant money grab. And if, if it's not those two teams, well, now you have to uh, contend with whatever else is on TV during the finals. If it's going to be Toronto versus Houston, uh, that's not really a uh, – a compelling watch for a lot of NBA fans, you know, because the NBA repeatedly gets kicked in the nuts and ratings by like shows like Monday Night Raw or whatever's on TV during the week. So plus in June, baseballs have been in full swing for a couple months. So a lot of competition if they're two uh, home run hitting teams aren't playing each other in the finals. Well, absolutely. And I, I was kind of hoping, you know, the, the thing about Joe, Joe uh, from Plainfield, uh, uh, he's uh, he's semi-reliable at best. He did want to call in and talk about, he's like, man, I got to talk with you about this story that I saw. I was like, great, love to have you. Well, we still haven't seen him, so we'll see if he, <laughs> if he pops if he pops. Uh, like up. I say, yeah, about he's it unpredictable. <laughs> Joe from Playfield sometimes uh, uh, stays up a little bit too late on a Friday, and and uh, sometimes he loses his phone. There's all kinds of things that happen uh, with Joe from Plainfield. You know, we got our big uh, – uh, well, really, it's the first time we've ever done this, so I'm excited. We're going to be live uh, – well, we're not going to be live in Dallas, but we're going to be live on the, sh- on the air Thursday night. Round one of the NFL, first time we've ever done that. So I'm excited about that. We've got a big panel lined up. We've got uh, a guy by the name of Adam Jividen. I'm sorry. Uh, He's a colleague of mine, huge Cleveland Browns homer. Uh, And so we're going to bring him on. Obviously, Cleveland Browns are going to be at play. Uh, You're going to be on. Mo from the BS Sports Show is going to be on. Uh, we got, uh, I believe, that Kyle Courtney uh, is a a huge Steeler guy. He's going to be on. Also, Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor, is going to be on, helping us uh, break that down. Uh, Certainly, obviously, we saw the – the the release of the NFL schedule, but we've got this this huge draft show coming up, and we're going to be live between well, I think it starts at eight, so we'll be on from the time that it starts for about an hour. So whatever we could get in in the hour, we'll be doing live uh, re- uh, reports. We'll be discussing the live picks, and we'll be analyzing it and breaking it down. Looking forward to it, sir. Uh, looking forward to it indeed, and I'm really looking forward to. And uh, you know, we could talk about this later in the show. We're not the ruined it all right now you know as we're waiting for uh steve wilson to come on but uh you know if he makes it that's uh, one thing about our show when we have great guests like steve wilson and they have like you know really cool jobs better jobs than me and you have you know when they get to go to these <laughs> media events at the actual uh you know richmond international uh, international speedway you know, f- you know for the nascar event this weekend uh really cool job you know that he's tied up doing that and yeah, that's the risk we take when we have guests on like Steve Wilson. 
That's right, absolutely. But hey, he never fails. He will. He will call in, even if it's not till next week. He'll catch uh, catch up with us, and certainly uh, follow him at uh, SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, and also, uh, Rick, uh, along with your new additional duties, uh, you are charged and own the uh, directorship of uh, the Balance Social Media. So I'm excited to see what. Uh, things you're going to do for us as well. And, you know, we're we're on Stitcher. We're on uh, TuneIn. We're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also coming soon, uh, we'll be on iHeart. Also coming soon, we'll be on on on. Uh, um, help me out, Rick. Who's, where's the other <laughs> one that I'm thinking of? Uh, Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Spotify. That's what that's what it is. See, <laughs> and you know. I, you're also going to be, you know, uh, kind of leading some of that stuff as well. So exciting times here at The Balance. And so talk with us a little bit about how people can get connected to us when we're not on the air. Well, already just uh, – you've seen us on Twitter, at, at T-Balance on Twitter, at Thomas Mark. If you want to talk to, to you personally, you know, the, 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 the loner, the hand-me-down from God, and then myself, at Riggin underscore Rick. <laughs> uh, Find us on, on Stitcher, <laughs> tune in, Apple Podcasts, and, you know, in the works right now, iHeartRadio and Spotify, which is really a big deal. So I'm looking forward to working with our streaming partners across the country. Uh, the show is growing, and we are starting to run wild like Clockamania, brother. Clockamania. Is that, that's not <laughs> something you need penicillin for, is it? No, Hawkamania. <laughs> What's Clockamania? Hawkamania. <laughs> Clockamania. I thought you said Clockamania. I thought it was no, something that, you know I, I get a shot for or something. So you're a big WWE fan. What what are your thoughts about what's going on in the world of WWE? I see they have a big problem now letting part time wrestlers be world champion like Brock Lesnar. Uh, he's got a, a match coming coming up in a couple weeks with Roman Reigns, and I believe he's going to lose that because. Uh, they're talking about him going back to, to the uh, UFC and fighting. As a matter of fact, Daniel Cormier and Steve Miocic are fighting for the heavyweight title in July in the UFC, and Brock Lesnar is going to take on the winner of that. And uh, it could be one of Daniel Cormier's. You know, the UFC great, uh, one of Daniel Cormier's last fight be, fights because he's a set to retire, depending on how this fight goes. If he he wants to fight Brock Lesnar, but he has to beat Steve Miocic first. So, I know I just got off track with WWE, talked about UFC, which also a big fan of. But, uh, yeah, that's the UFC's problem. Uh, WWE's problem right now is letting these part-time guys like Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, be champion because they're only on the show, you know, maybe once or twice a month, and then they show up for the pay-per-view. So, it's hard to draw, getting, uh, writing storylines for these guys. And also, we saw from the UFC, Ronda Rousey's now a full-time uh, member of the of the uh, WWE, so she's been on every week. So it's kind of cool. I expect her to win the win the belt at some point soon because she's a big draw for uh, WWE fans. But guys like Brock Lesnar, you know, they're uh, I guess they're getting ready to f- kind of phase him out, write him out as he makes his return to the, to the uh, UFC. You know, we uh, and and I'm gonna try to say his name, Bruno Sammartino. Uh, certainly, uh, a Hall of Fame in the WWE. Died this week at the age of 82. What can you tell us about uh, old Bruno passing away? Well, you know, when guys like that pass on, it's Bruno Sammartino is how you pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're, you're you, kind of, 
Yeah, yeah, you're kind of playing on I, my childhood. I, from I the speak, evening, you know. I I I speak <laughs> hillbilly, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, even in the '80s, uh, he was he was getting older then, and in the back end of his career. But I do remember in the '80s being a kid and seeing Bruno San Martino uh, towards the end of his career. This is before wrestling got really huge, but you know, you start seeing it pop on TV here and there, and you can see the matches. So. Uh, when guys like that from your childhood pass on, it just reminds you like how old you're really getting, you know, <laughs> it's like a take a look at yourself in the mirror type thing because pieces of your childhood are going away. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I see that happen all, all the time. So uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get connected with uh, Steve Wilson. We're still standing by. Uh, he's going to be uh, giving, a, uh, giving us a call. You know, I want to kind of tee off on this a little bit. Uh, I, here's the thing. I am so, you know, I, I know we, we say we don't really want to talk about politics, but a lot of times things get meshed together. Things get intertwined. And now we're seeing the Me Too movement getting messed up with the NFL and cheerleaders. I saw an article in the USA Today, and I cannot remember the lady that wrote the article, but she's been around in sports for a long time, writing sports. She thinks she knows it all. Uh, like a lot of these left-wing mainstream media uh, people that just seems to think that what they say rules. She wrote an article saying that there should be no more NFL uh, cheerleaders, that they are victims of the Me Too uh, movement, and that uh, they are um, not good, I guess, basically is what she said. To her, I say BS. First of all, now, could they get paid more? Yeah, that, we could have that discussion. Maybe they could get paid more. But first of all, if any NFL cheerleader thinks for one minute that nobody's looking at their body before they ever try out, Come on. They aren't victims. We enjoy cheerleaders. I think, I, I mean, you, you've been in NFL games before. I don't think your wife has an issue. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think your wife has an issue with you looking at a cheerleader. Uh, you know, I don't think, for the most part, most wives do have an issue uh, with their husbands or even themselves looking at a very attractive female in very little clothing. Uh, what about the women at Hooters? We could say the same thing. What about the women at Twin Peaks? We could say the same thing. These women are doing a job. Are you with me, Rick? All right. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. They're doing but, a job uh, yeah, that they want to cut out real quick. It just cut out, but. <laughs> we're back with that uh, today. So, I, yeah, I appreciate everybody's patience. I don't know what's going on. I think it's something beyond our control. Uh, so. The thing about it is these women are doing what they want to do. They enjoy the attention, maybe. They enjoy the dance. I mean, let's face it, uh, NFL cheerleaders are very athletic. And you might even be able to say that they're, they're athletes themselves. Uh, so I do not think for one minute that any NFL cheerleader thinks they are a victim or a part of this Me Too movement. The, the bull crap that... This writer puts out on USA Today, and in a in a well-known sports writer she is. I just can't remember her name. I just know her name when I see it. Uh, I think she was with ESPN for a while. Well, that explains a lot. So I don't get it. What are your thoughts? Well, I haven't uh, seen the article, and maybe just just the uh, big dummy coming out of me. But what what are she saying? Cheerleaders are victims of. I uh, I don't know. 
The Me Too. The, I don't, I, I still have I, I don't even know what the, the, the Me, Me Too movement is. I, I don't have any idea what that is. But I, <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, I'll bring you up to speed. Rick. Okay. The Me Too movement spawned from all of these people uh, getting losing their jobs and stuff, and Matt Lauer and the sexual harassment and all of that, and uh, the the Harvey Weinstein uh, group of actresses and stuff that that uh, you know were on the so-called casting couch uh, to get a job, and then the hashtag. Me Too movement started, and people, every woman in the world out there, oh, Me Too, Me Too, Me Too. So the Me Too uh, movement represents women and uh, sexual victims uh, for whatever reason or, or no. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not I minimizing see. things like what Matt Lauer did, but just because you're an NFL cheerleader. So the article said that basically – the NFL cheerleader position should be abolished. In other words, no teams uh, on the NFL should have um, cheerleaders. This also spawns from a recent article. You may have seen the recent article where a New Orleans Saint cheerleader was fired because of something that she posted on Instagram in a bikini, and it was against the rules. They have very strict rules with the NFL. Like, you can't go to an establishment that a player's at. You can't be at parties where players are at. I get it. I understand that. But they sign up for that, and they agree, they, they agree with that. What about the cheerleaders and the dance girls in the NBA? The uh, What about the cheerleaders and the dance girls uh, in the um, NHL? Oh, let's go a little bit lower. What about the cheerleaders in high school? You don't think high school boys are looking at cheerleaders? Come on. Uh, I, I've never – thought of anything like that i've always considered the cheerleaders and dance squads as part of the team and organization just as much as the players are i've never thought anything differently about that and then if if you go to a sporting event uh, how dull would it be to not you know the cheerleaders and those dance squads are just you know they're they're a part of the the experience of going uh to these events so you you take away that and it's it's a totally different feel probably to, to the to the game you're at because it's just uh, such a part of sports for us. I, I've never thought of anything else other different than that. Than that, they're just as much as part of the team and, and organization, you know, just as the players are. So you know, here's the thing. Let me ask you this: Would your wife have a problem with you looking at a, a cheerleader at an NFL game? Uh, I mean, well, there, there's different uh, <laughs> different ways to do that, Tom. I mean. <laughs> well, well, yeah, tread carefully here. Pick, pick, your, pick your answer carefully. I'm just talking common sense. Hey, there's an attractive woman. You know, I'm not saying that whatever runs through a person's mind runs through their mind. I'm not going that deep with it. What I'm saying is the idea that the NFL cheerleader position should be abolished, but we're only talking about the NFL. We're not talking about the other cheerleaders. It just makes no sense to me. They're not part of the B2 movement. There are no victims here. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's goofy, but that that's that's me. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Goofy. I guess maybe it's just what the <laughs> Well, let me ask uh, you this: we, 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 we go we go too far with, with some things, you know. I mean, I, I I don't know what what the writer's going for, but it's just the way things are right now you know we just kind of take things a little little too far and things come out of left field and gets blown up into a a bigger issue than what it is i i just think that's a i don't know what i i don't know what to say because i 
haven't seen the article. I have no idea what you was talking about, but I just consider cheerleaders much as part of the uh, team and organization as the players and everything else that's involved with it. Yeah, and and, and I, I'll, I'll send you that out. And what we're experiencing now is what they call filler time. Uh, when we had one thing scheduled, and the, the thing about live radio goes in other things. And as Rick had talked about earlier, you know, these guys got cool jobs, but sometimes uh, there are things inter- that interfere, and we were standing by for uh, uh, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. So, uh, you know, we have to kind of go on the fly. And, you know, in radio, the first thing they teach you is keep it moving. Uh, don't, uh, uh, don't stop the talking. Uh, don't stop the music. Don't, just, dead air is the worst thing you can a, ever have. Well, the show must go on. We just got to talk. <laughs> the show must go on. Hey, uh, I want to talk with you also a little bit about uh, at the end of game two, uh, NBA uh, uh, Popovich's wife passed away. Uh, reporter uh, with TNT uh, goes to uh, LeBron, and, you know, instead of asking questions about what happened during the game. Goes to LeBron and say, "Hey, did you hear about Popovich's wife passing away?" That cr- created a huge controversy. Now it was cleared up because I guess she did ask LeBron prior to uh, asking the question if it would be okay and if he'd like to comment. He did say yes, so he did know the question was coming. I think what happened is, and a lot of times in these cases, is that the emotion starts becoming real when you're talking at the same time. So it kind of appeared as if uh, he was uh, sideswiped by the reporter, but it just wasn't uh, the case. But what are your thoughts on that and as far as Popovich's wife passing away this week? Well, I have seen some of the videos of reporters at post-game press conferences and uh, asking the players that they uh, heard about Aaron Popovich and passing away. And most of them didn't, like Kevin Durant got really emotional. A lot of these people got – a lot of these players got really emotional – so, I guess uh, she was a very loved figure in the NBA. You know, a lot of re- respect goes to uh, Greg Popovich. Obviously, he's probably one of the scariest coaches in the country to talk to. Uh, but it seems like his wife w- was loved by many of the players and, you know, people associated with, with these uh, organizations. So, a lot of respect and uh, thoughts and prayers out to Greg Popovich and his family. And, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, you don't know uh, – we don't know Aaron – didn't know Aaron Popovich personally or nothing like that, you know. But it is tough when you see, uh, you know, your your beloved sports figures, your teams, and you got your head coach and your organization going through a time like this. It, 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 it's tough for fans, so thoughts and prayers go out to friends and family and, uh, you know, fans, you know, that may have known Aaron Popovich. But definitely a lot of these players I have seen some of these vi- – the videos of them being told about – her passing and you know it really hit hits them hard hits home right then and there uh if you haven't seen the kevin durant video uh, look that look uh look that up i will do that it's very popular uh, with the nba and, and uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to to his uh, family. Uh, so real quickly, and we're going to merge on into our normal second hour, uh, and uh, we're joining us is our official uh, new-to-the-capacity uh, executive producer, Mr. Rick Riggin. Uh, we give him a microphone, and he's uh, uh, in charge of our social media. He'll be in charge of a lot of our guests. There'll be a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that Rick will be doing, and we're so glad that he's a part of our team and certainly uh, my 
my right-hand man and partner in crime, if you will. So as we scour the world of sports for, uh, for over the last week, uh, certainly we try to cover everything, but we don't always get to everything. Anything that maybe popped up on your radar that you would want to talk about before we move into the second hour? Uh, nothing as of yet. Uh, we break into our NFL draft. I, you know, I got some stuff for that, so I'll just leave it for that segment. That sounds good. Don't don't uh, don't. Uh, what's the old saying? Don't eat all your biscuits and I don't know something like that. I don't know either. <laughs> don't eat all your biscuits and something like that. On that note, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Going right into the second hour. My name's Tom Marcus, alongside my executive producer Rick Riggin. We'll be right back. told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything.
All right, I think we're back. Rick, are you with us? Yep, still here. All right, we're You're back. Good to go uh, now. Like I said, sometimes <laughs> things happen just for you. Yeah. Sometimes things happen in live radio. You have no idea what's going on. This is clearly a uh, issue with our <coughs> facilitator and Skype and all of that good stuff. Uh, but uh, that's okay. And 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 uh, a lot of people that are regular listeners of this show know that I'm I'm very very easily don't turn on my mic. That was not the case this time. So I, I have to say that it was not me. It was not Rick. Just one of those things. Just one of those things. And so, Rick, as executive producer, you are now officially blamed for everything that goes wrong on this show. That's that's something you didn't know, but you know now. So it's your fault. Well, I'm not even sure if you knew there was a problem until I told you. <laughs> I bet you were just talking well, going right I, into the flow of the show. And, I, uh, <laughs> I was. Nobody can I hear you. I went to you, and then there was nothing. I, I was, <laughs> and then I went to you, and then there was nothing. So I had to figure out what was going on. So anyway, anywho, welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marcus. If you want to jump in, the uh, discussion, 917-889-8516 is our digits. We talked IndyCar with Matthew Embry, uh, and we, we talked Notre Dame, spring game of Notre Dame. Uh, so uh, we'll jump back into that a little bit here, because uh, certainly we want to spend some time talking about Notre Dame and talk about uh, the, the spring games around uh, the NCAA and our college football segment as well. Now, Rick, before we do that, uh, one of the, the, the groups, that help us out and we like to always um, uh, talk about here on the show is a is a group that you're uh, that we both are very uh, fond of but certainly uh, you also are very uh, affiliated with and it helps you along and I'm going to use this phrase because you used it first and I'm going to uh, make it a part of regular phrase of the show each week we will try to use the word freedom boner and uh, helps us with that freedom boner <laughs> Is uh, uh, the ambit? I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to be right for the uh, for the uh, the ambit slogan. <laughs> so we are going to somehow. I don't know how, but each and every week we will figure out a way to incorporate the word freedom boner into the show. Rick, uh, talk with us a little bit about the ambits, what they are all about, and how can people get involved with the ambits? All right, helping veterans. Uh, you know, fighting for the veterans' benefits since the end of World War II. And here in Indiana, you can go to AMVETSIN.org, uh, uh, sign up for a, a AMVETS membership, or uh, you can go to AMVETS.org. But, you know, the difference there is just IN being for here in Indiana. Uh, 30 bucks a year here in Indiana, you don't have to be a veteran. You can be a family member, uh spouse, uh, whatever the case may be, but just uh, get out and get involved with the veterans in your community and uh, you know, help us fight for the uh, benefits our veterans are entitled to. Absolutely, and you know that that money is very well very well used as it goes to great causes to help veterans. But also, uh, one of the things that they do is they help with uh, uh, PTSD and the prevention of suicide, which is a, a huge problem for the United States military. Rick. Yeah, that, that that is so huge right now. It's not just AMVETS. That that is every veterans organization across the board: American Legion, VFW, uh, Wounded Warrior, uh, you name it. Uh, uh, suicide prevention is, is is really high on the list. Probably top thing on the list for all organizations. So uh, uh, definitely, uh, we have the resources. If you need help, we we have the resources to get you that help. So uh, 
that's not even just an AMVETS thing. I'm telling you to go to any organization. You know, there's no competition here when when it comes to uh, trying to get donation money or uh, if you're a veteran in need, uh, please, by all means, use resources for any veterans organization. That's right, AMVETS.com. Go check them out. Rick, uh, we're going to use this term uh, again. Uh, the Irish and the Notre Dame Freedom Boner, sir. <laughs> Uh, it, it's really cool because, uh, well, I, <laughs> I'm not going to stick freedom. To, I'm not even going to use that word either. So, but <laughs> I'm not going to attach the freedom boner to to the Irish. But what's really cool is, is waking up today and knowing that it's an Irish game day. Uh, there's nothing like game day at, at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. Uh, you know, I've been there several times. You know, took the family there to that to the spring game a couple years ago. It was a great experience. Uh, but nothing like a, a game day at Notre Dame and waking up today knowing that it is game day as, you know, an Irish fan that I am. It's, it's a great day all around. Hashtag freedom boner. Great day. <laughs> all right. We've, we, we've uh, exhausted <laughs> our, our freedom boner uh, lives of, of the day. And so let's talk a little bit about the college football season. Obviously, spring uh, games are in full swing, if you will. Uh, today, we've got Notre Dame. Talk to us a little bit about what the, the, the uh, spring game is. As we know, a lot of people, it is just an exposition game, uh, if that's the word that I'm looking for. But it certainly gives you an opportunity to kind to get a peek, if nothing else, uh, to just go out and watch some football. But how important to the team is this spring game? Uh, it's very important. Uh, you can see the work of all the spring practice because uh, the spring game uh, is, is the final practice uh, of spring training, if you will, for college football. So all the work that was put in all spring long all comes together in this game. And you can see uh, what, who's improved. You know, first-hand look in, in a competition scenario, still need to work on uh, who looks great, who doesn't look great. You know what I mean? Everything that has been worked on during the uh, spring practice comes together in this one game. Uh, I would say for Notre Dame, as we talked to Matt Embry earlier, you're not going to know who the starting quarterback is going to be out of this game. Uh, it's just – one thing with spring games, you know, you don't want to get your quarterback hurt. So there's really no blitz packages used in a spring game and no playbook is really opened up. For the most part, it's all scripted. They might work on the same play five times in a row. I mean, you get it. So plus quarterbacks aren't allowed to be touched anyway during the spring game, but you will get to see like Dexter Williams uh, and Ian McIntosh at running back. Who Who's going to look good at the running back position? You might be able to get an idea who the starting running back might be or the next receiver like uh, Miles Boykin. You know, he saw that great catch against LSU and won the game against LSU in the uh, bowl game last year. How he looks, you know, who's the receivers that are going to step up? How the left side of the offensive line is going to look now that Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey are gone. Uh, you might get a get a sense of, of what's going on at those positions uh, as far as quarterback. Uh, no, you, uh, that's the one thing I hate about Notre Dame and Brian Kelly is uh, er, every year seems to be a quarterback competition. Uh, my personal thoughts is you had Wimbush last year. He's not a great passer, but you're still pretty successful with Wimbush and Ian book looked great. Every time he came in, started the entire game and won and beat North Carolina, uh, you know, Wimbush and Book both looked awful against Miami, but Ian Book really looked great in the bowl game against LSU. So 
you have the, that type of drama with quarterback competition, my personal feeling is just stick with Wimbush because that kills a, a team's continuity and momentum. Switching quarterbacks in and out and having some sort of competition every year, it takes away reps from your actual starter. So you had Wimbush last year. Stick with Wimbush again this year. Uh, I like Ian Buck a lot, a lot, but I still believe the starter should be Wimbush. Talking with Rick Riggin, the executive producer of the of the Balance, and you know, here's the thing: uh, we get excited about football. One of the great things about uh, uh, college football is the excitement on Saturday, and and uh, I know we're only in April, uh, but we certainly are looking ahead to the fall for excitement on Saturday. Talk with us a little bit, give us a peek behind the curtains of what's going on uh, in the preseason, if you will, if you want to call that, or off season, if you will, uh, as teams get ready for the 2018. season season what can we see what can we look for uh are is it going to be the same usual suspects that we talk about every year or do we have uh some uh, dark horses to keep our eyes on in 2018 i i think we are talking about the uh same usual suspects tom you know of course alabama is going to be there at at the top uh, i'm not sure if they're number one in the country and it's way too early to tell if they're going to be ranked number one but probably you know, defending national champion. Uh, they had some drama themselves with Tua Tonga-Vailoa at quarterback, you know, the, the the young freshman that came in and, and bailed him out in the national championship game. And what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts at Alabama? If he's not the starter, is he going to transfer? That's something we're going to see over the offseason here uh, uh, probably, you know, as, as their summer practices start. And who's going to take the helmet quarterback uh, for Alabama? And also we've had a lot of coaching changes. Uh, you know, you had uh, Pruitt going to Tennessee. He was the uh, defensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, we've had uh, Hugh Freeze go to uh, Florida. Uh, I'm sorry, not Hugh Freeze, but Dan Mullen go to Florida from Mississippi State. Yeah, Hugh Freeze not even in coaching college football right now. <laughs> that whole scandal he was involved in. Uh, sorry, I had the two mixed up. Dan Mullen taking over at Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Frost uh, goes back to his alma mater from uh, uh, Central Florida to uh, – to Nebraska, you know, so we got a lot of coaching changes. Yeah, it's going to be year two for Tom Herman down in Texas to see the way he can get going. Uh, Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida State for Texas A&M and then stealing Mike Elko from uh, Notre Dame, which uh, drives me nuts, but I'm very interested to see what Clark Lee can do with the defense because I talked to Matt Embry earlier. Shouldn't be that much of a drop-off because it's the same system. But uh, a lot of coaching changes. A lot of uh, quarterback controversies going on uh, around the country. So it's just like a, it's a typical offseason. There's a lot of unknowns. That's what makes college football great. Well, one thing for sure, we will be talking about it as we move on. Uh, Rick, the NFL schedules came out this week. Uh, certainly we, we won't break down all 32 of them, uh, but somehow the ESPN uh, rankings has – some bizarre wins going on, almost like uh, more wins than there are games. Uh, anyway, so we look at the the NFL schedule coming out. Uh, the Colts uh, are, are, are okay. Rick, can you hear us? Yeah, got you now. All right, I'm going to work on a few things on my end. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about the NFL schedule. I'll be back on here in just a second, sir. Uh, all right, I. I wouldn't know what to talk about, Tom, without you having a question for it. <laughs> All right. Well, just talk about whatever you want to talk about while I fix a couple things, and I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so we're having technical difficulties with the, I believe it's Skype, uh, which uh, seems to always be a lot of problems with the, the Skype service anymore. This ain't the first time we've had uh, service dropped, call dropped, or you know whatever the platform is they use. So uh, not sure what's going on. I believe it's with Skype. Uh, so sorry for any, any uh, inconveniences, but uh, we were talking about college football right before. Well, we was getting ready to talk about the NFL schedules, but uh, it'd just be better for me and uh, you know you, the listener, if there was uh, specific questions regarding the schedules, other than just me blabbering on about uh, who's going to be playing who and who's not playing who and whose schedule's tougher than the next team. So uh, we, I won't do that, but. You know, before the uh, call dropped or, you know, the technical issues, we talked about college football. So that's really more my area of expertise with the show. So uh, we will talk about more college football here until uh, Tom is back on with us. So uh, he was wanting to know who might just be uh, we going to talk about the usual suspects. These uh, same teams every year probably rank towards the top. And I, I would say probably yes. Of course, Alabama is going to be there. Of course, Georgia is going to be there now. Uh, maybe the new kids on the scene, you know, which is a, an, an old elite program, but I think they're back in the uh, the spotlight is Miami. It's probably going to be an excellent team uh, this year, and so will Ohio State. Ohio State's great every year. Uh, teams that I think are going the other way, definitely Michigan. And I'm not saying that because I'm an Irish fan and I just despise Michigan by default. I think Jim Harbaugh's doing a, a good job at Michigan. I I don't know what it is. But if it's the different style of offense that he uses, I don't know if it's just too much of a pro style offense that he's brought back in uh, from the NFL because those NFL bland offenses offenses just don't work in college football. And when you want to build up your offensive line and just run the ball to set up the pass in college football, that's way too predictable. And I, I think that's Michigan's problem. Uh, I I don't know if he needs to change his scheme or if Michigan just needs to change uh, their coach altogether. Uh, I, I know it's tough to hear for you Michigan fans that Jim Harbaugh is not the guy. I just don't feel like he's the right guy at Michigan. There's been a lot of excitement his first and second year, but now year three and he he's non-competitive in the Big Ten so far. Uh, maybe this is year four for Harbaugh, and I, I don't see it again this year. Uh, they took a huge step back last year, and now this year I, I think it's going to be more of the same. They open up against Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and Michigan is not going to win that game. I, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's a it's a make-or-break game for both teams. Just like Matt Embry said, you know, one team's going to be off and running, and the other team's already going to be on the back burner trying to work their way back up to the front. You know, as it uh, relates to the postseason. All right, go ahead, Tom. I, I know I'm back. I appreciate that. It looks like uh, we have had some issues between our uh, blog talk and our facilitator and Skype. I really don't know what's going on. We'll have to examine uh, that that issue. So, uh, the, the audio that, that uh, problems that you may be experiencing with me right now, Rick, is just the best that we can do right now. <laughs> you ever seen the movie? Well, at least we hear you. Where they're leaning over on one end and hanging, uh, got their uh, pinky on one end and, and they're 
toe in another and the other hand stretched over. If you've ever seen down periscopes, it, that scene, uh, you'll know exactly what I'm oh, what yeah, we're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great, great information. Thanks, uh, Rick, uh, for uh, stepping in there again. I apologize, don't know what's going on, but hey, that's part of it. We just uh, keep moving on. As far as the NFL schedules, yeah, there's really not a lot to talk about. I know that the Colts are away, like the first eight games. It seems like. Talk with us a little bit. What are your thoughts about the uh, your Lions there, uh, Rick? Yeah, well, I was going actually just going to start with the Colts real quick. How I did see that they only have like two home games in the first two months of the season, which is crazy to me. I I, I can't believe that. Uh, it's probably really difficult. It's got to be extremely difficult to make schedules for for thirty thirty two teams. You know who, who who's away, who's home, and making it all fit and match up together. But to schedule uh, six of the first eight games uh, away from home for one team is is already setting a team up for failure. I feel like, and I believe that is totally unfair to the Colts and and their fan base who. Waited, you know, you wait an entire off season for football to come back, and then you can't even see your team hardly play, you know, at home for for two more months into the season. Uh, that that's just crazy to me. So, what are, what are your thoughts about the Colts schedule? Well, it's it's kind of ridiculous, and we only got uh, uh, one prime time game. Well, that's to be expected when you only win four games in the prior year, and. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a rough start. Unfortunately, uh, we're dealing with uh, luck coming back, and, and we're dealing with a lot of issues, and we're certainly at the beginning of our rebuild. So I think a lot's going to happen with the Colts. Uh, but you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, uh, but also, another big game, opening day, opening night, opening whatever. Uh, the uh, the Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's a pretty good matchup to start the season off. Yeah, if you got the Eagles to start the season off, then uh, the Eagles are. I'm sorry, Tom, but the Eagles are going to be one and zero and off to a great start the, this NFL season. So, uh, yeah, it's not what you want to hear as a Colts fan. Uh, but uh, if they get Carson, they got Carson Wentz back and ready to go and healthy for that first game of the season. Uh, it's just, it's already going to be a, a tough first game, a long first game for the Colts. Absolutely, and uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, how that all plays out. Certainly uh, uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing uh, coming up Thursday night, 8 o'clock, is our first, uh, we hope first annual, but at least our first uh, ever live NFL draft special. We're going to be live the night of draft. We're going to be talking about the, the draft and what's going on there. But certainly we got uh, a lot of buzz talk around the Cleveland Browns at the number one pick, whether or not they, they, they take, uh, a lot of people might say Parsley, a lot of people might say Josh Allen, a lot of people might say, um, uh, I'm sorry, I got a brain fart. Uh, who's the other? Yeah, Sam Darnold, Josh Rolls, and Josh Allen. Yeah. I don't know. What to, pick it. your poison. <laughs> yeah. So, which way, when we're looking at the Browns, obviously the Browns are going to dominate the first round of the NFL draft. Looking around that, what are your thoughts? Well, the, the, all the hype is uh, all around their, their first pick. And there's been a, a, a growing uh, community, uh, if you will, and more excitement revolving around Josh Allen possibly being their first pick. And, and, and the talk's kind of been towards Josh Allen and going away from Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't feel that way. I, I still uh, feel with, like, 95% certainty that uh, Sam Darnold is going to be the Browns' first pick. I know we've, we've hit on that a few times in the show now uh, with Mo and Ed. And uh, 
you know, some other various guests that we've had on talk about the NFL draft. Uh, I still feel like Sam Darnold is, is where they're going to go. Maybe it's just smoke screen, smoke and mirrors, trying to uh, draw teams uh, away from what they're really going to do, uh, which is silly to me because when you know that they're going to take Sam Darnold, why, you know, Josh Allen might be your guy. And I'm not even convinced on Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, he's big quarterback, big arm, but he played for Wyoming. He never played against elite talent. And he's never played on the big stage because he played on for Wyoming. So we don't know much about him. Uh, but the, the argument there is, well, Carson Wentz was the exact same way at playing for North Dakota State. You know, we didn't see much of Carson Wentz. Uh, he never played against the elite talent either or on, on, on the big stage. So, And you see how that turned out. Carson Wentz is great. So maybe that's the argument for Josh Allen. Uh, I just don't know much about Josh Allen, but I, I just do not believe that the Browns are going to pass on Sam Darnold for Josh Allen. Well, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the Giants. Uh, uh, the Giants certainly uh, uh, had the number two pick. A lot of people think that they may, may uh, not go for the quarterback this, this time around, because they're going to be okay with uh, uh, Eli. So does that, does that signal to Chubb or, or your guy from Notre Dame going to slip in there at the Giants? All right, so this is where I had some uh, information for the Giants, you know, the NFL draft. Uh, the balance ran a Twitter poll yesterday. If you were the Newark Giants, who would you take at number two in the NFL draft? And your choices are quarterback, Saquon Barkley, or other, and other meaning Quentin Nelson or Bradley Chubb or somebody. So right now leading the way, and there's still uh, five hours left of vote on this poll, but Saquon Barkley has 70% of the vote. And uh, so that is uh, the Balance Sports Talk Radio on Twitter. Go vote on the poll. Add your thoughts. But 70% Saquon Barkley, 70% of our audience believes Saquon Barkley will be the Giants pick. 20% is a quarterback, and 10% uh, will be a, a different player. So the Giants, to me, is the most interesting uh, pick in the top five because we have no idea where they're, where they're going to go. My feeling is that it's time to bring in a quarterback and let him get the next year, two or three years, whatever Eli Manning has left, let him learn from Eli, let this young quarterback learn from Eli, build the confidence, learn the system, learn from, I believe, I believe Eli is probably going to be a hall of famer with the two rings. Uh, you know, the Manning name is like Kennedy in football. Uh, so what, what, let a quarterback come in and learn from Eli. I, I think it's time to go quarterback me personally for the giants. Because uh, Elijah, he's winding down. He's on the back end of his career. Um, but the question is, do the Giants feel like quarterback in this draft? And I have no idea. And maybe that's the uh, the feeling we have so, from some of our, uh, our our listeners. Also, is the seventy uh, percent think Saquon Barkley will be the Giants pick? So, uh, if that's the case, I don't I don't know what the Browns would do at at number four. Because, you know, we all feel that the uh, the Browns will take Saquon Barkley at four. But it just depends if the uh, Giants are going to go quarterback or not. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and, you know, here's the thing. And also, let me just point out here real quick that we are still working in the background to try to uh, get everything connected with their audio. We are having some connection issues. So, uh, I know we're supposed to be joined by Grant Austin from down in Arizona to talk about the NBA playoffs. Uh, certainly most from the BS Sports Show. Uh, so I think they're caught in limbo there trying to connect, uh, but we will get connected here hopefully soon, fingers crossed, 
So we move on down to the number three pick. That's obviously a Jets quarterback pick. I think a lot of people think that's exactly where we're going to be at. I don't think anybody thinks that we're going to have uh, quarterback uh, four quarterbacks go before the Colts. Uh, so I think the Colts are okay with being at six. The, the Jets, of course, a lot of people in the popular thinking that uh, Rosen, uh, Josh Rosen would, would end up at, at the Jets. The Broncos put out a um, – uh, a tweet yesterday that says that, that they're open for business. So we'll see what happens. Who do you think might do some business, if you will, with the Denver Broncos? Well, I, top five teams looking quarterback. You know, I, I don't see the Browns giving away that number four pick to, to let the, the Broncos move up take a quarterback. So I, I'm not real sure because I, I believe that if Darnold goes one, Rosen would go number two to the Jets. And, uh, which could be a dynamic uh, a thing to do, putting a, his off-field personality, which uh, there's been some off-field issues, but not anything real bad with Josh Rosen. But put, putting him in, in the NFL's largest market in New York uh, could turn a, a dynamic, you know. So, But I, I think Rosen will probably go number three to the Jets. And there's been uh, some growing uh, popularity with Mason Rudolph moving up and the Broncos possibly taking Mason Rudolph. So what were thoughts uh, currently? What are, where do we think uh, when the Colts are at six, who will be on the board and, and left? Well, not left. There will be a lot of people on the board, I should say. Uh, but certainly some of the premium top talents may or may not be. I'm speaking of Chubb. I'm speaking of, of uh, uh, Quentin Nelson. I'm speaking of uh, Barkley. Uh, so the Colts certainly, uh, I know that Ballard and Coach Wright put their scouting team to work this week. And they said, break it down every which way but Sunday, and we're going to be ready for whatever is comes our way. I think they're going to stay at six. There was some talk that maybe they would do some uh, negotiating with Buffalo. I've not seen any movement on that or any more talking about that. So what do we think of where the Colts are at now, currently at number six, and the way we think things will pan out, what did the Colts end up with? So this is where the uh... – the balance is going to put a Twitter, uh, another poll on Twitter today. So if you're listening, there's going to be another poll coming today, uh, just for you Colts fans here, because uh, Quentin Nelson and Bradley Chubb will both still be available at six. So which one do you think that it is the bigger need? A div, you know, a great defender, defensive end, the you know, guy that can get to the quarterback, stuff to run, or is the need on that offensive line? who can help the running game and protect Andrew Luck for a change. Uh, so what is the greater need for you Colts fans? And, and Tom, that includes you. Uh, who do you, what, what do you feel is the bigger need? Well, obviously I think the biggest need is somebody that can protect Andrew Luck. But however, we've got so many holes and so many things to fix. You're not going to be able to pay, uh, fix it in the very first pick of the, of the, of the first round of the 2018 uh, draft. That's just the way it is. So what do you got to do? You've got to look at, Who's going to be the best pick for us at that pick? And, and honestly, I, I just not a fan. A guard is a guard is a guard is a guard. And I, I understand that, that we need that. I just don't know that that's who you go with in the first round, especially if, by chance, Barkley is still available. I, I think you go with a guy like Barkley. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't, I can't talk myself into – uh, drafting a guard in the very first pick in the in the in the first round, even if it is at number six. Well, let me talk you into it right here. Maybe this might change your mind. Uh, 
Luck is supposed to be the franchise guy, the the organization quarterback. He's their investment. They put all the chips on the table, all their money into Andrew Luck. So you're going to have to protect your investment. And the only way to do that is go get the top guard in the country, Quentin Nelson. That is the only way. And I feel that is, number one, the first thing they need to do is protect their investment. And so at number six, they need to go out and get Quentin Nelson. Let all the other – everything else after that will fall into place whenever it does. But the number one thing the Colts need to do is protect their guy, protect their money, protect their investment, and go get the best guard in the country. And you think that's Quentin Nelson? That's 100% Quentin Nelson. (laughs) 100%. So you think that – Drafting Quentin Nelson is, is is what we need in the first round because he will he will keep uh, Luck standing upright. Is that is that basically your thinking? I'll put it to you this way: Quentin Nelson played 465 snaps his senior year at Notre Dame and allowed one sack. I mean that's pretty good. I mean that is dominating good. And they also played against Bradley Chubb. They played against NC State. Bradley Chubb never got it within four yards of Brandon Wimbush when he went up against Quentin Nelson. So go protect your money, protect your investment, and go get Quentin Nelson. Well, and I'm not going to have a problem with Quentin Nelson per se. I'll be okay with it if they, if they do that. But I just I, – I would hate to leave Barkley on the board uh, and, and grab a guard. That's just how it is. So well, I, 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 I will tell you, Bar- Barkley will not get past the, the number four pick. If the Browns – if he's still available – if, if he's not taken by the Giants, he'll be taken by the Browns at number four. He's going in the top five. There's no way uh, he, he, he makes it out of the top five and gets undrafted. Uh, yeah, he's not drafted somewhere in the top five. He won't make it to six. I mean, I, I know as a, you're a Colts fan and you're excited for Barkley because there's, there's a possibility he might be available at six. He's not going to get past the Browns at number four. If the Giants will take him at two, the Browns will take him at four. So let me let me run this scenario by you regarding uh, Quentin Nelson. You uh, gave the scenario that Quentin Nelson is the best for the Colts because he'll keep Luck standing upright. Here's my thought pattern. Also, if they don't go with the Giants in number two, don't go uh, with the QB, which seems to think that they will, and they want to stick with Eli. Eli's getting up in years. Could you use that same scenario? The Giants would also look at Quentin Nelson and say, "Hey, we want Quentin Nelson in number two." I don't think so because I, I think that the Giants are okay at offensive line. I don't think that's the problem with the, the Giants. The problem with the Giants has been McAdoo you know, the past couple of years. and it, it, They don't have the defense that they used to have when they had those Super Bowl teams against the Patriots. Uh, they don't have the receivers. Yeah, they have uh, Odell Beckham Jr., but who else do they have? Uh, they have other needs too. Just A lot of teams have a lot of needs. I don't think uh, the offensive line – it is too much of a big concern uh, for them. Yeah, I, I think the running back position for the Giants is a bigger concern for them than an offensive lineman. I think they have a decent enough line that they don't have to take Quentin Nelson. Okay, so uh, we're talking with uh, Rick Brigan, our executive producer. Uh, we are having connection issues, uh, so we may not be able to connect with Mo and Grant uh, to uh, talk uh, some NBA playoffs. Certainly was our intention, but sometimes uh, those uh, things happen, and uh, we are uh, kind of going through a reboot here. I think part of what has, has happened uh, is uh, 
somewhere in our area here, there was an Internet outage, and we had a, a blitz where everything kind of went blank. We lost our Internet, and then we've been trying to regain back. So it very well might be the problem might be now on our end because we lost Internet connection, which we are trying to reconnect at the moment. Uh, but uh, that's just how, how we roll. That's how we roll. Uh, Rookie and I, uh, we'll keep the show uh, we will keep the show going. So turning and burning, baby. Turning and burning. Turning and burning, baby. Freedom boner. Hashtag freedom boner. Uh, freedom boner. <laughs> that is the the. Uh, hey, new, you know what though? Uh, here, here, Tom. Here, here's the thing. You know how uh, Clay Travis and outkick the cover Jesus Debap. You know. So we could probably use uh, the, the freedom boners are like a little sh- slogan for the show, you know, something like that. Because <laughs> you know, D bat right. stands for "Don't be a pussy willow," you know, <laughs> minus the, uh, the the willow part. It's what D bat stands I, for. I, so I love it when he says "pussy willow." That's great. Yeah. So uh, Rick Rick will uh, establish uh, perfectly at the end of the show on social media that hashtag freedom boner is now officially owned by. Uh, the balance, and we'll uh, we'll roll with freedom. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. So, speaking of the NFL and the NFL draft, who do you think, as as we look through into the 2018 season and we look at these schedules, do, what what do we see? Uh, way too early, way too early to predict a, a a Super Bowl outcome. But, you know, we've seen a lot of teams released. We've seen Death Bryant released. We've seen Brandon Marshall released. We don't know where they're going to end up at. Uh, but certainly when we look at the 2018 season and we look at the schedule and we look at the teams as we know them now, who do you think comes out in the top five going into 2018? Well, definitely you have to put Philly right, right back in there. Uh, I, I, would, I don't know if they're going to be the Super Bowl favorite, probably. Uh, but definitely they're a top-five team. And, then you know, we talked about the Patriots. That dynasty run is probably over uh, with, with pieces that they lost. And there's a whole uh, behind-the-scenes of Brady Bilicek and Kraft, you know, had, had some kind of drama going on. And then Brady had the reality show that didn't go so well. It got too much into his personal life. And, you know, they had to answer questions for it at press conferences. And, you know, they had the uh, radio host uh, – calling his daughter a piss ant, you know, we talked about that. Uh so we were saying, you know, maybe the maybe the dynasty is over in, in New England, but man, I, I, I just I can't pull the trigger on that yet. I I I think and they you know, they're getting Julian Edelman back. Uh I think they're gonna make a run at Des Bryant. So you have Edelman and Bryant and then Gronk's coming back. Uh Tom Brady's gonna you know, I'll be loaded up with some brand new weapons, and I'm just, I'm not ready to write off the, the patch just yet. Well, you can never outrule the Patriots, that's for sure. But I do think, and I, I do think that we we have some rumblings and some uh, inner turmoil, if you will, between Belichick, Brady, and Kraft. And you know, we saw round one, if you will, go to Garoppolo, and Garoppolo uh, goes out to San Francisco, gets a sweetheart of a deal. Uh, we also know that Bill Belichick liked Garoppolo, and Bill Belichick was very instrumental in putting that deal together uh, for uh, San Francisco. I think Bill Belichick was setting Garoppolo up for success, and I think at this point uh, he's, he's like, you know, Brady, uh, you won uh, round one. I'm going to get round two. 
Right, and you, you mentioned Garoppolo also, and that I think the Niners are going to probably be right there looking for a playoff spot, probably going to win that division. They, you know, they got the Seahawks, which are on the uh, the downward slide. I think that the Niners are are coming up, and Garoppolo's a uh, he's he's an undefeated starting quarterback. He like seven and zero. They start two games for New England when Brady was suspended. Those four games, won those two, and started the four mm-hmm. games for us. So he's six and zero. Yeah, six and zero. You know, they played the Lions in week two, so that's going to be a tough game for the Lions and. You started asking me a little earlier about the Lions' schedule, and I, I don't like it because it it looks really tough. Uh, that's the they seem to have like you know six of the eight playoff teams from the season before within their first six or eight games. Uh, so to me, that looks like they're going to be five hundred after like week eight, four and four. Uh, that's Lions' problem year in and year out. But uh, I'm not ready to put the Lions in the, in the top five because of their schedule. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming back at Green Bay, Green Bay would definitely be there. Uh, of course, that being the Lions division, that's another reason why. And what, what's a, how good is Minnesota going to be unloading all their quarterbacks, but then now they bring in Kirk Cousins? That's probably going to be a, a, a good deal for Minnesota. I look for them, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota, to duke it out for the uh, – it, it kills me to say that, the NFC North, you know. But I think they're going to play for the NFC North title, and the Lions are just going to be on the outside looking in. You know, under new head coach Matt Patricia. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and you know we'll, we'll see how how it all pans out. Uh, we're joining Rick Riggin, our executive producer. Uh, we are having connection issues. We are trying to get these issues fixed. I don't know that we're going to be able to get it get it done. Uh, but Rick, uh, we also have twelve versus five. Talk a little bit about that. What's going on with that? Yeah, it's the only sports website where anybody can go on and, and write an article. Uh, write questions, write what you want to that appears on the front page uh, of the uh, the site, actually. And we actually had a, a little bit of, you know, there's been some some of the uh, you fans uh, using some of that during the uh, national championship game, the NCAA tournament national championship game, you know, Villanova. Uh, so that was a really good deal. Uh, I, I am working on a, an Eli Manning article, actually, because I just think it's, it's time for the Giants to uh, start looking at quarterbacks. I don't know through free agency, but you know all those guys are gone now. But maybe it's time for them to draft one. I've been working on that, and uh, I just think Eli is going to be hard pressed to throw a ball just the way he he moves any more more than fifteen twenty yards downfield. So we're looking at a Chad Pennington type arm, maybe with uh, Eli, you know, six yards at a time. I just think he's on the downward slide. I think it's time for the Giants to start thinking ahead and moving on, and. Uh, so that is the article I'm working on. Rick Riggin uh, is going to be doing a lot behind the scenes with the balance. Of course, certainly uh, as with social media, he's uh, completely in charge of uh, the balance Twitter account. And uh, we'll have him uh, do some uh, stuff with the uh, our website as well and try to um, uh, uh, incorporate 12 versus 5 over to the balance uh, website as well. Certainly a neat setup there. So go check that out, 12versus5.com. Again, we've got just a few minutes left here. Uh, we, uh, uh, I, I guess Joe from Plainville that also has been caught in the uh, uh, catastrophe failure that we that we have found ourselves in this morning. In other words, uh, nobody can call. Uh, maybe we need to do some sort of uh, vendor assessment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's probably right. <laughs> 
Hey, what a way to kick off my first up. week of executive producers, have the, the show just crash. You know, I know <laughs> it's not, I, nothing nobody could do anything about it. <laughs> not, so welcome not, to the balance. Like <laughs> not, yeah, welcome to the balance. Uh, baptism by fire. Uh, you know, uh, we, we are, and certainly that, those are some of the challenges that we have with growth. It's, you know, the way that we do things here, uh, uh, without getting too techie, uh, we we broadcast from our studio here in Indianapolis. We bounce it out to L.A., and then we bounce it back to uh, you who are listening to it. So there's three different bounces there, if you will. And any number of those connections can fail. So what we used for many times to make those connections happen smoothly was Skype, and Skype seemed to be the way to go when we did it, and maybe we need to look at other things other than Skype. Now, at work, we do Skype for business all the time and never have any issues with it, uh, but it certainly seems like on the other end that we have issues with Skype. So uh, get on uh, Twitter and tell everybody how awful Skype is. So I would normally say 917-889-8516 digits. It's not going to do you any any good today. I wish I had a, a I wish I had a uh, a uh, tort bowl sound, uh, but that's okay. We, we can, well, maybe we should add. We've done that. This would be the time that we would run the Scrubby Bubbles uh, uh, commercial. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but life life goes on. Life goes on, and we're really excited about uh, Rick being a part of the show. We've got just a few minutes left. Rick, uh, talk with us a little bit. I know you're a huge sports fan. I know that you've been a part of the balance for a long time. And uh, certainly you came to us uh, quite a few years ago uh, and said, hey, uh, you know, I'd like to talk a little Notre Dame and kind of swap swap from there. So you're a huge Notre Dame fan. Talk with us. uh, Help the listeners get to know Rick Rick and the person a little bit more. We know that you uh, are a uh, gamer, if you will. Uh, You're a Star Wars fan. Um, Talk with us about Rick, the person, who you are, what what you do, and, and so forth. Yeah, I'm into uh, a, a lot of things. You know, I love video games, love playing the PS4, love Star Wars, you know, Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, all that stuff on the PlayStation I like to play. Huge Star Wars nerd. We need to have a Star Wars-like segment at some point because the uh, Han Solo movie is getting ready to come out here soon. So maybe we incorporate that into the show at some point soon. Uh, but, well, will we talk yeah. about Rick's side? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk about what? <laughs> Remember that? Remember that uh, time I called uh, Princess Leia, Princess Di. Oh yeah, 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 Princess, yeah, Princess Di. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so, one of the balance greats right there. One of the greatest moments in the balance history. That's right. <laughs> that was good. That was classic. And so maybe, maybe uh, Princess, Princess Di will be in the new in the new Star Wars uh, movie on on what's going on there. So. Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Rickon is your go-to expert uh, for uh, PlayStation 4 and uh, uh, war games and all of that stuff. I am not a gamer. I watch, I watch games. But, you know, I did go see a good movie um, a, a, couple, a couple weeks ago. I did go see um, Ready Player One in 3D. I have to admit that was pretty cool. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Uh uh, the movie I wanted to go see actually came out yesterday. It's Super Troopers Two, but I have not. I do want to see Ready Player One. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Super Troopers Two came out yesterday on 420, and I don't think that was 
didn't it, wasn't it released yesterday? Am I wrong yes. about that? Yeah, yeah, it came out okay. yesterday. It is purposely released on 420. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think that was uh, was was done by uh, design. Yeah, that's by design. <laughs> and if you're not seeing Super Troopers 1, you don't get that reference, uh, that's for sure. Or maybe you don't even know what 420 is, but isn't that the time of day sometimes or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Recreational marijuana at its best. Super Troopers one and two on four twenty. So how long does it get? Does it live up to its expectations? What's that? Super Troopers two? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I ain't seen it yet. That's what I I, I want to go see it. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you said you did go and see it yesterday. My fault. Oh no, My sir. <laughs> My bad. Damn. <laughs> I, we had a Pacers game to watch yesterday, so we went and did that instead. <laughs> there you go. Rick Riggin, myself, uh, and Tom Marcusell, President Day, first hour, Matthew Amber, top IndyCar with us. Uh, and uh, certainly it's been uh, me and Han Solo together uh, for the last hour and a half. But we've, we've made it. Uh, Rick's first show, executive producer. And so uh, certainly uh, we have uh, some issues to resolve. Uh, sir, so we are trying to get everything connected and reconnected and all this stuff, but I really don't know. And it's probably going to mean that I'm going to have to get on the phone on a Saturday and make a call to, the, to somebody that's not going to be there. But that might be what it has to come up to if we if we don't get things resolved soon. But uh, Rick, uh, talk with us a little bit overall as far as what you see as far as sports this week. What are your thoughts? And, and we'll go and we'll uh, be. Before too long here, we're going to wrap it up put a bow on it. We're going to kill this beast today, damn it! <laughs> yeah, so this week, the big story, especially, you know, we try not to be Indiana homers, you know, with it with the national radio show, but it, it's been really cool to see uh, the Pacers have a great showing in the playoffs so far and taking on LeBron, and it, who I feel, uh, feel is still the best player in the NBA and look great against the, the Cavaliers. And, uh, yeah, you know, for me, a couple nights ago, LeBron put up 47 points, and it had a monster of a game. It, but he had to work so hard, and he did all that just for the Cavaliers to win by three points. So when you take all that in and 2-1, I, I feel the Pacers are going to win this series. And, and to me, that's probably, you know, you know, I'm not a big NBA guy. Uh, I will watch it. Uh, I will watch the NBA playoffs, uh, especially when the Pacers are, are – are, doing great like they are right now with Victor Oladipo, which also trying to be too much of a homer, but, you know, you know, I, you know, he played for IU, Tom, so, you know, we love that. But to me, the Pacers and how they look against the Cavs is, is a really big uh, story in sports right now. So Joe from Plainfield sends me a text. He's madder than a piss ant because he can't get on the show today, and he's going to get on Twitter and create a Twitter storm about the balance of Skype. So uh, just be prepared for that, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get him on next week. That's for, that's for sure. Uh, my name is Tom Mark. with El Presidente. Certainly uh, follow us online at Key Balance and uh, certainly on www.thebalanceonline.com. I agree with you uh, completely, Rick. I think that, that what we saw the other day, the other night, when the, when the Pacers came back and uh, only lost by three, we saw 
a LeBron James give everything that he had. And he's not played a full 82, 89 games ever, I don't think. So he's bound to hit that wall. It's just human nature. Uh, as much as we like to think that he's some sort of a superhero, he is not. So that said, that said, if the Pacers could keep the momentum going and they could keep wearing down uh, LeBron James, very good shot of winning this series. And now, do, do I think that the Pacers will get out of the East? No, not at all. In fact, they're playing on house money. But the, the fact that the Pacers were able to bring down the Cleveland Cavaliers tells you so much about the Indiana Pacers. And like always, the national media don't see things right in front of their eyes. They didn't give the, the Pacers any national props. When, it, when the Pacers win this series, again, I know we're homers here, but when the Pacers win this series, it's going to cripple the NBA, and uh, everybody at TNT and the NBA Network is going to be uh, curled up in a fetal position saying, what just happened? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, one more thing to look at when you watch these two teams play is when Victor Oladipo and, and LeBron are both sitting on the bench taking a, you know, getting, a, getting a rest in for a couple minutes. So watch the Cavs and Pacers play without Oladipo and LeBron on the floor. And the Pacers just look better than the Cavs. Uh, I think the Pacers are just a little better built for the playoffs than the Cavs are. Because you eliminate LeBron and take away Oladipo, I think the Pacers head-to-head are, are, are just a little better than the Cavs right now. Uh, that just it, it just looks that way when both of the stars for both for the teams are on the bench and you're watching everybody else play. Uh the Pacers just seem a, a little better built uh, than the Cavs. So, you know, it's not LeBron's fault. Uh, he, I guess he does have some sort of say uh, of who comes in and out of Cleveland to, to play, you know, the Kyrie Irving and, you know, and all that going on. But uh, just looking at the two teams when, when LeBron and Oladipo are, are not on the court, uh, Pacers are, are just look a little, a little better, a little better built. They're a better defending team. So just something to look out for. We're talking with Rick Riggin, our new executive producer, Baptism by Fire. Uh, Matthew Embry, uh, our official HR contributor, uh, joined us. Uh, so we've got to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. Uh, but real quickly, any final thoughts, uh, Rick, uh, because we do have to kill this beast before it kills us. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, uh, we will get these uh, technical issues resolved, live balance next Thursday night during the uh, draft, the first hour of the draft. So probably all the way up to about picks seven or eight, some around there. You know, we'll have the first seven picks live uh, with Mo, Ed, Ed Kratz, you know, uh, some other awesome guests. So be sure to tune in. I will have the links on the social media, but we'll have these uh, issues from today resolved, and we'll be back at it live Thursday night for the uh, NFL draft. Absolutely, and normally this would be where I would roll the uh, outro music, but uh, don't have that. So we're going to do a, a, a dry end. I hate it when it always ends dry, but that's neither here nor there. That's a subject for another show. My name is Sean Markwood, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.